you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a J.C. softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, J.C. softball team. As long as, you know... Uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, I don't know whether to ask you if you're snacking on a Pappy Meal or if you've entered the transfer portal, so which one is it? Oh, Mike, if I hear one more damn McDonald joke, I think I'm going to throw my damn phone. You know, it's like <laughs> one thing after another. There's a the meme, my favorite one I've seen out there. If you're, You've seen the guys that are arm wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. And there's one guy, it's like Georgia fan. On the other side, it's Florida fan, and then where their hands meet, it's like McDonald Jones. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and I get cross. I, I mean, I get tagged in every single one of them. So uh, they're they're getting their their laughs in, which is okay with me, Mike. Uh, I, ain't, I ain't gonna lie, man. I don't know if it's subliminal messaging or what, but I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna get some McDonald's today. So I swung by there, got me a ten piece, no money, but I did get me a ten piece nugget, a little sweet and sour. So. Uh, never, never disappointing. Yeah, they're the real winners in all this McDonald's free <laughs> advertising up, uh, you know, the wazoo here with all these comments. And and like you said, I mean, the only one that's really saying this stuff is Dan Patrick. And I guess he's only got one source. It doesn't sound like it's even true, but the damage is done, man. It's out there. Yeah. This is the new five-star hearts, Tennessee's. <laughs> They've, they're not running out the T anymore. They're running out the golden arches. You know what? This this took over uh, Champions of Life right here. That's that's what I, I keep thinking about. Like the embarrassing things that come up with University of Tennessee. You know, there was the the butt funnel, and then there was the Life Champions, and then and now there's McDonald bag. So you know, it's just it's it's the next chapter. So I mean, it could be worse. You know, I thought we'd never get out of butt funnel stage, but uh, I'll I'll take McDonald's all day long. Well, hey, we got a great interview lined up here with john reed the host of talk sports on fox Mm -hmm. sports 
Knoxville Fan Run Radio, and he's also got his own podcast, Reed's Ranch Podcast. you got to check those out. So we're going to get to that in just a second. Some outstanding stuff from John. But uh, quick news here on Tennessee. I, I know we're just doing nothing but Tennessee content right now, but, hell, they're, they are the center of the SEC right now, and uh, I'm even trying to avoid it. But you can't avoid it, man, because here we got the transfer portal. Henry Toa Toa, Kavaris Crouch, offensive lineman Jameer Johnson, and running back Eric Gray, maybe three of the four best players on the damn <laughs> roster, hitting the transfer portal. And, uh, you know, this is to be expected, I I would say, certainly, but maybe just the timing. I mean, these guys literally, they must have all put in the paperwork at the same time or, or they all clocked out at the same time. I don't know. Maybe the, you know, the checks bounced all at the same damn time, but – Thoughts on that as well, Shane, all these damn players leaving the University of Tennessee. Well, clarify, they've not left yet, but this is clearly the first step to to transferring. Yeah, in the portal. And, you know, it's – I don't know, Mike. Uh, I I would – we were expecting this, right? We we were expecting at at least the ones that were really close to Niedermeyer uh, to to enter the portal, you know, so – uh, whether the McDonald's thing's true or not, you know, these guys are connected. And uh, when when half your boys are gone, it, it, it makes you reevaluate. Because all these kids are on Twitter. All these kids are on social media. They're hearing the stuff, too. And, and they don't know what's going to happen. And and the problem is, especially with, with University of Tennessee situation, you don't even have an athletic director. Uh, we don't know how how, you know, involved coach Fulmer is right now. So I don't, I don't know, you know, cause if he were still there, I, I would imagine that he's still reaching out to these kids. You know, he's always constantly recruiting and, and, and be, uh, you know, Hey, just hang in there. This, you know, we got some stuff working, but they're not getting that. They're just kind of left there on an Island, kind of like the fans were the past few weeks when we didn't know what was going to happen with Pruitt. So the fact they're in the portal doesn't, doesn't make me nervous. I, I, what, what I am hearing, though, Mike, what makes me a little nervous is there's rumblings that we're going to accelerate an AD hire, and I hope it's not because of this transfer portal exodus, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that as well. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know that's kind of the key. That's I think where Tennessee's been really lacking is the leadership, clearly, mm-hmm. and they may have it now in the chancellor and the president. I don't know, but you know if you if you get a Poor hire at an AD, you got to assume they're going to make a poor hire at the coaching <laughs> position. So, I mean, it's, set, it's all set up for disaster if they're speeding this thing up. But I think at, at the same time, you almost have to do it because, you know, you can't blame any of these guys hitting the portal. They don't know who the coach is going to be. They don't know the direction. It's It seems like Kevin Steele is maybe the coach, but we don't know. And, and they don't know either. You know, there's just there's mm-hmm. no firm answers for any of them. So, on one hand, I kind of see what you're saying, but on the other, I think Tennessee's just, they're in a spot where maybe they are speeding this thing up, but at the same time, I think the writing was on the wall to where they knew Pruitt was going to be out, and that was likely going to mean the end of Phil Fulmer. So, I would like to think that Tennessee's already had a short list, and if they make this hire pretty quick, maybe it means that, uh, you know, the first or second guy on their list however deep it is, said yes, and they're ready to roll. And, and don't get me wrong, quick quick AD hire may not be a bad situation. These guys, I mean, this thing's been ongoing for since November. They may have already been in communication with potential candidates. We don't know that, Mike, you know. Right. So 
apparently there are a lot of things that are going on behind the curtains here. One thing that uh, I, I guess as a volunteer fan, you, I mean, an accelerated AD is better than the opposite, like we had last time. You know, over a hundred days without one. So I, I, I guess we'll just we're just going to sit there and wait. But I'm not worried about the transfer. You know, I'm one of those fans. It's like you know, shit, man. I'm I'm a diehard Tennessee fan. And if these guys want to leave, they don't want to play for the University of Tennessee. Well, I don't want them there. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I wish them nothing but the best, you know. But when the new coach comes in, I'd love to have players there that stuck it out because they love the University of Tennessee. I want a coach that comes to Tennessee because they love the university. Um, so I, I think that's what we, we've got to have. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there, Mike. I'm trying to stay positive, buddy. I really am. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of hard with social media these days. Oh, yeah. And those damn McDonald's memes. Oh, I swear. <laughs> I've seen them all. And everybody sends me, they send them to me, like this McDonald's picture. And it's like, it's like the same one I just saw, but, you know, maybe it's a little better. Maybe it's a little worse. You know, you know, I hurt her feelings. But uh, I've seen some pretty clever ones out there, but I think I've seen them all, Mike, you mm -hmm. know. And let's credit Jay Dalton for uh, making all these funny memes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, buddy of ours got tagged on the. Boy, he didn't like that, did he? That that that, that went a little south pretty quick. But uh, yes, uh, Jay, Jay, that was uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> the podcast is also sponsored by Justin Hamilton over at the FederalSavingsBank.com. Head on over there, talk to Justin. Make sure you let him know the guys over at that SEC podcast sent you. There's no better time than now to refinance or buy a home with interest rates lower than ever. Hit up our guy Justin over at the Federal Savings Bank. And this is a guy that uh, actually saved Cousin Joe over $400 a month on his mortgage. If you got any questions at all about Justin Hamilton and what he can do for you at the Federal Savings Bank, he's licensed in all 50 states to help you out. Reach out to us. More than happy to answer any question you got. We've also put a link to Justin's website at thefederalsavingsbank.com in the show notes. So head on down there, reach out to Justin if you're looking to buy a home or refinance your home. And again, make sure to tell him the guys from that SEC podcast sent you. He'll hook you up. All right, hey, we've spilled on long enough here. Let's kick it over to our interview with John Reed. I think fans are really going to appreciate this one. John is uh, one of the most entertaining guys, not only in the Knoxville media market, but I think in the entire SEC, mm -hmm. and he gave a hell of an interview here. Well, we're pleased now to be joined by the world-famous John Reed, and of course, all Tennessee fans know who that is. If you're not following him already, you're missing out. That's at John2 underscores Reed on Twitter. He's the host of Talk Sports on Fox Sports, Knoxville Fan Run Radio, and of course, you got to check out his podcast is called Reed's Ranch Podcast, and that can be found everywhere podcasts are found. And he's got uh, the podcast itself has got a Twitter handle at Reed's Ranch Pod. Thanks for joining me, John. I really do appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I'm glad we got all the boring stuff out of the way. Let's get to the good stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, just overall thoughts, man. What do you make of uh, just Tennessee's, you know, just when I think I've seen it all, I've never seen a damn program you know, kind of go out of its own way to investigate itself and fire a coach and all this. Um, I mean, are, were you surprised that uh, that this is just kind of where we're at? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I would like to see the details and the timeline. There's been different talks about, you know, whether or not Tennessee 
watched the investigation on purpose, whether it was kind of an accidental leak that happened in-house. And then other people think, you know, during Pruitt's lawyer thinks that, you know, the investigation was launched just to try to get out of the buyout. So I wish I knew the actual reason it was happening. If Tennessee did this to himself to try to save, you know, 14 or $15 million, I think it was really short-sighted. But, uh, yeah, Tennessee has brought, brought this on themselves, and we'll see where we go from here. You know, looking back at the Jeremy Pruitt era, you know, five, ten years down the line, what are you going to remember most about uh, what Jeremy Pruitt did at Tennessee? The um, recruiting was um, good, to quote Bill Fulmer. No, I'm just <laughs> obviously kidding. Uh, I think you have to remember the first thing that will jump out to me uh, as of right now. Now, again, Mike, I'll, I'll change my answer if Tennessee finds themselves in trouble, but the loss of Georgia State, I think, will be the first thing people remember. Just the embarrassment they felt that day when you score a last-second touchdown as time expires to cut the lead to eight points against Georgia State. That was the lasting image I'll have. Um, again, assuming we don't actually get hammered by the NCAA. Now, let me ask you this, because you follow this program you know, as close as anybody. Why in the hell can't Tennessee football get right when... I know it's been down for a while, but hell, we're talking a top 10 program here, multiple national championships, SEC championships. Why the hell are we going through this every three to four years? I think the biggest issue, Mike, is well, there are a couple things. Obviously, NF's leadership, you know, people talk about the boosters. People talk about the people in control making bad decisions. But to me, maybe the biggest reason is just the SEC is just so much better than it used to be. Everyone has money. Everyone can compete. Alabama obviously hit a grand slam with Nick Saban. That makes it tough on you. Clemson, you know, has hit a grand slam with Dabo Sweeney. So, like, you're fighting two, a two-front battle, a two-front war with, you know, your natural rival in Alabama or your historic rival in Alabama and your, you know, regional rival against Clemson. And Tennessee just... The most frustrating thing, Mike, is that Tennessee is just okay with it, I guess. Like, you see what happens at Alabama, you see the rise they're on, and your response was, let's hire Derek Dooley. Then it's, let's hire Butch Jones, and then it's hire, let's hire Jeremy Pruitt. Like, Tennessee sees with Alabama what one hire can do. It sees how much money you can make when you make the investment and hire a, a big-time head coach. But for some reason, we've always just gone bargain bin shopping. So there's a lot of reasons why Tennessee can't get it right. But for me, it's just they can't get out of the wrong way. Now, after all this uh, saga, Philip Fulmer, obviously the one that brought in Jeremy Pruitt, and now Tennessee potentially looking at violations. What? Let me ask you about the violations and all that. You hearing anything on, you know, they've been kind of vague about uh, level one, level two, and there's there's a ton of them. Are you hearing anything behind the scenes on what exactly Tennessee is facing here? I mean, the number that's it, – it's a wide gap. It's uh, I've heard from, you know, dozens to up to 50. So, you know, anywhere between 12 and 50, I guess, which, you know, level one, level two, those are going to be bad. The question is, you know, does the NCAA show some leniency to Tennessee, seeing how Tennessee did launch this investigation and did clean house themselves? You know, the news came out from Trey Wallace before we're recording that, you know, Tennessee is basically – Paying Philip Fulmer his buyout, a.k.a. he got fired. So you can go to the NCAA and say, look, 
we fired everyone involved with this. We're trying. We we failed to monitor, so sure, give us a little bit of a punishment, a bowl ban, some scholarships, whatever. But, you know, the violations could range. You know, you had Dan Patrick yesterday saying McDonald's bags of cash. I don't know if they were that sloppy. I hadn't heard that one yet. But, you know, I had heard that it was pretty it was pretty sloppy in terms of hotel rooms and envelopes at the front desk full of cash, things like that. So, you know, Tennessee was definitely cheating, which makes it even funnier when you go three and seven while you're cheating. But, uh, you know, as far as how many there are, anywhere from 12 to 50. Who knows? Yeah, I'm glad you referenced that. Uh, I was going to mention it. Trey Wallace, again, he's been all over this story. He was the one that uh, just announced, like you said, that it uh, t- looks like Tennessee is going to pay out Philip Fulmer's uh, basically his entire salary here, even though he's resigning, firing, whatever you want to call it. But uh, what does that do to Philip Fulmer's legacy in your mind now that uh, he's the one that uh, hired Pruitt and, and here we are? I mean, some would say that Philip Fulmer ran the program into the ground in 2008 and came back and finished the job in 2021, you know, kind of the, the morbid look at it. I mean, I don't know. You can view Philip Fulmer as a 70 year old grandpa who was just in over his head if you want and feel bad for him if all he tried his best or you can look at him as kind of the way that he's been throughout his career which is you know egotistical and wanting to take control you know Tennessee fans will talk about the Johnny Majors situation when he took the job from Johnny and you know John Curry probably doesn't have very good thoughts about Phil Fulmer after the last coaching search in 2017 when it was rumored that Fulmer was kind of you know undermining him and, you know, positioning himself for the job. So he tried to run another coup. He successfully did it. And then his tenure has just been filled with failures. I mean, he gave Holly Warlick an extension before having to fire her the next year. He almost lost Rick Barnes to UCLA. You know, Randy Boyd had to step up and cut a check to keep Rick Barnes. And then you have Rick Barnes saying, yeah, basically, if, if UCLA would have paid me, I would have left. You know, that's the guy that was coming off having your team number one in the country. And, you know, then people will be mad at the extension he gave Jeremy Pruitt before this year. Full disclosure, I wasn't necessarily mad about that one, you know, leading into the 2020 season. But, you know, just misstep after misstep for Fulmer. So, you know, the the tenure could be described as a disaster. You're three and seven, facing 50 level one violations. How else could you describe it? (laughs) Now, I referenced uh, your podcast. If anybody's not checked out the uh, most recent Reed's Ranch podcast, you know, John talks about this for about an hour, so, you know, you can get the full thoughts on it. But, you know, my feeling, I've listened to your latest episode, you're not a huge fan of Kevin Steele. Thoughts on, uh, you know, him being the interim and, you know, a lot of speculation. I, I, I guess that's all it is right now at this point. But, you know, it certainly seems like they may be setting up for him to be the head coach for an entire season and, until they can get another guy in there. What are your thoughts on, on that, if that's – the future of Tennessee in 2021? Well, you know, Mike, I would say that doing it for a year would be a disaster. Uh, I think if you are going to let Kevin Steele somehow work his way into this job, a little finger his way into this job for the few Game of Thrones fans that won't get repulsed by that reference (laughs) after uh, the last season there. But, you know, if you're going to let Kevin Steele get the job, I think you have to give him three or four years. Like the the in-state recruiting class is too important. You know, you can't – when's the last time someone successfully did a one-year interim? You might know better than you, better than I do. Like, you, you follow college football more closely than I do. Like, Luke Fickle did it for one year, and then they hired over Meyer. Mm-hmm. 
Matt Luke, Matt Luke got what? Two years to do it at Ole Miss. Well, two plus the interim year, so three. And I, I okay. think I think the best example would be, and of course they had to move on from him, but Baylor, they had their scandal. They named, uh, I think his name was Jim Grobe, the coach for the rest of the year. That was because that was in the middle of the summer, and then they turned around and hired Matt Rule. Okay. So, like, I mean, with, with Ohio State, with Luke Fickle, like, you know, they were able to go get a superstar. And also, like, the national signing day was in February. Mm-hmm. I think the, por- the bad part of the, you know, interim idea is that, Mike, you know, 75% of these commitments happen now, or, you know, you get signed by December. So, like, what's the plan? Have an interim coach until the late November and then make a decision and hire a coach and give him two months, two weeks to get a class in? That, I think, needs to be talked about. I don't want Kevin Steele. I think that would be a mistake, but I think giving him only one year would be an even bigger mistake. So, ironically enough, if you're going to make the mistake, let's make it a three- or four-year mistake, which is probably what Tennessee will do. Now, the wild card guy that uh, you seem to be touting, I want to get uh, your thoughts on this Gerard Mayo, former Tennessee standout and coaching in the NFL. Thoughts on him as a candidate for Tennessee? Uh, Thank you for bringing that up because I want to I want to hash it out. I want to hash it out with somebody. Let me ask you what your thoughts are on it. You tell me what you think first, and I want to kind of just bounce back and forth because I've seen a lot of the same critiques or a lot of the same problems with it. So I, I want to hear your thoughts on Gerard Mayo at Tennessee. Honestly, I got nothing against the guy, but I think that'd be a complete disaster as well. Okay, and I'll tell you why because I think Tennessee football is in a place where you know I'm kind of over this logic that. You need SEC experience. I'm over that you need, uh, you know, you know j- that you can coach in this league. What Tennessee needs is a head coach. I don't care if they get them from FCS, Division Two, II, Division One, the Sun Belt. Someone that has proven that they can build a winning football team. And I will go a step further. And it may be stupid to just eliminate half the side of the ball, but just the way college football is going, I think you got to bring in somebody that knows what the hell they're doing on offense, because even if you, let's say you bring in Gerard Mayo, uh, I think his tenure is going to be defined by the staff he builds, and and what happens if he hires a great offensive coordinator in a year or two, he's gone, he's got to do it all over again. Well, I would say the same thing for any of the candidates, Mike. I would say if you hire, you know, Kevin Steele, you're going to have to make sure he has the right offensive coordinator and the right philosophy. If you hire Jamie Chadwell, you're going to have to make sure he can do the defensive side of the ball. And like, you know, in, in terms of a head coach that's proven. So, like, uh, who does that mean? Like, Gus Malzahn? Who, who are we thinking, like, should be the head coach of Tennessee? Are you on the Jamie Chadwell train? Like, where are you looking? Yeah, I'm a big Chadwell guy. And I got okay. even, even more when I found out uh, he named his son after Heath Schuler. I don't know if you know that. but uh, Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, he, he's, Ch- Chadwell, he's a Tennessee Chadwell man. Does you know check a, Chadwell checks a lot of the same boxes. Like, the way I've said it on my show, Talk Sports 12 to 3 every day, is that, I want to swing for a home run, and I think there's two candidates that could be a home run, and I think it's Jamie Chadwell, and I think it's Gerard Mayo. So I don't want to campaign against Jamie Chadwell because, you know, I think he would be a good coach. But when you talk about experience and lack of experience for Mayo, like, are we sure Jamie Chadwell can do it in the SEC? Are you sure that he can go in and recruit against, you know, against everyone else in the SEC and land four and five stars? Do you think he can win here with three stars? Like, it's a whole different ball game at Coastal Carolina than it would be at Tennessee. I think everyone would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, like, I don't think that's a no brainer. And, you know, I see people that, you know, want to put down Mayo as, you know, lacking experience. 
And to me, that's crazy simply because you're basically saying you would think he's a better candidate had he not been a top 10 draft pick and an all-pro linebacker and a captain on the Patriots defense calling their plays and helping organize their defense for a decade. You're saying you would like him better if he was a defensive backs coach at Valdosta State for two years and then worked his way up to Georgia Tech as a defensive coordinator. Like, to me, the experience can be either on the field, actually playing and communicating defenses, and, you know, now two years as a Patriots defensive coach, calling plays, helping call plays, helping set up practices and run the defense, or you can just be in a headset your entire career coaching. Like, I think it's, I think it's really disingenuous to downplay his experience just because he was playing at a high level you know, with a really, really successful organization learning from the greatest coach of our generation mm -hmm. to, you know, say, well, it'd be nice if he actually was coaching instead of playing. I, I just have a problem with that line of thinking. All right. Well, hey, you're talking me into it, so I appreciate you doing that. Uh, one last thing on Tennessee. Hold on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, Mike. Hold on. I want to do one more thing. Okay. I just want you to picture, I just want you to picture Gerard Mayo walking in to a recruit's house, top 10 pick in the NFL draft, Super Bowl championship. He can talk to you about playing at a high level in college. He can talk to you about being an all-pro, a defensive rookie of the year. He can talk to you about all of those things. He can sell you on football. And he's going to sit. He's going to say, well, you know what I did after football? I, I quit football. I retired. Most people, you know, the average NFL career is only three years. I was lucky enough to get eight before I had to get out for injuries. And then I was able to go become a vice president of a, of a tech company. I was able to set myself up for a future after football. So what I'm going to do for you at Tennessee is I'm going to teach you how to be a better football player. I'm going to teach you how to be a better person. And I'm going to set you up and show you that there is life after football that you have to prepare for. And, oh, by the way, if you want to go to the NFL, I got good connections there. I played there for eight years. I was a defensive rookie of the year. I was an all-pro. I did win a Super Bowl, and I did learn under Bill Belichick. To me, like, that's, a hard, that's a hard recruiting pitch to turn down. I just urge everyone, if you're on the fence about Drod Mayo, go find some of his YouTube clips. Listen to him speak. I think uh, uh, people have a big misconception. They're probably thinking, oh, SEC linebacker, oh, dumb jock, all those same tropes. Go listen to Drod Mayo speak. He is eloquent. He is smart. He checks all the boxes for me except your quote-unquote experience. But, again, he did it for eight years at a high level, learning in the best organization in professional football. That's all I'll say. Next question, Mike. Well, one uh, quick rebuttal there. Well, I guess not a rebuttal, but, uh, you know, to piggyback off what you just said, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that's a pitch that not another coach in the SEC could make. And we're seeing, I know Dion Primetime, he's, he's a huge name, but, hell, he's revitalized that Jackson State. So you might be on to something with that one. And I, and I guarantee you, every Tennessee fan, if you replace the name with Gerard Mayo with Peyton Manning, despite not having two years as an assistant coach, they would be on board with it to give it a try. I listened to him for years talk about T. Martin, who was a failed coordinator that didn't even get to call third down plays at USC, talk about how he could recruit and do all these things. Rod Mayo is infinitely better than both of those guys as a candidate right now. That's all I'll say. I'm, just, I'm fed up with it, Mike. That's my guy. Mayo me. Give me Gerard Mayo. One, one more thing. If, if there is sanctions, let's hope it's not too bad, but if there are, the fan base is probably going to be a lot uh, – you know, more lenient, not expecting huge things from them right out the gate either. So maybe you give them time to, to build up the program that way too. So I'm, I am starting to buy into it. I really am. Okay.
All right. I like to hear it. And that was a part of the thinking, like, you know, if it is a situation like, again, where you're in trouble, like you said, the, the expectations and the requirements should be a little bit lower coming out of the gate. But like, I don't want people to think Tennessee fans are unruly. We gave Butch Jones five years. Like we would have given Pruitt another year had he not lost by 30 points to Kentucky and lost seven straight games by double figures, excluding a Vanderbilt game when they had 40 scholarship players. Like, I know we get a bad rap as Tennessee fans, but, you know, there are still a lot of people defending Pruitt up until the day he got fired. We'll, we'll give a coach time. Of the last four Tennessee hires, Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, Jeremy Pruitt, which one do you think proved to be the worst hire for the Tennessee program? <sighs> you know, tough to say. I mean, do you, do you go with the first domino that knocked it all over with Kiffin leaving you in the middle of the night? Because you could talk about his resume and, you know, he was thought to be an exciting hire. You could talk – like, Dooley never made sense on paper. Like, that, that's the thing that confuses me. Like, Dooley's resume wasn't good. He never should have gotten the job. He obviously set Tennessee the furthest back when it came to not recruiting any offensive linemen in his last recruiting class. So I have to go with Dooley as the worst. However, like, I do think that maybe Dooley – I don't know if I'll go all the way and say he had the best football mind, but, like, Dooley was pretty good offensively. The SEC East was just so tough whenever Derek Dooley was here. That 2012 schedule that he got fired for, he was a lot of, playing a lot of top 15 teams. But, yeah, Dooley, Dooley set Tennessee back the furthest. All right, final question for you. You know, this is a little bit of a downer, although you picked me up with that Gerard Mayo stuff, but a little bit of a downer. It's dark times on Rocky Top. Can you remember a time – and let's just assume all these guys are on the roster next year. There's no telling if they will. But can you remember a time where Tennessee had a more talented quarterback room than it has with uh, Harrison Bailey, Hendon Hooker, and Caden Salter? I mean, there was a time, wasn't there, when you had Dobbs, Raleigh Ferguson, and uh, I, I don't know, maybe those two. Or I guess like if you just go by star rating, you had – Dormady, Dobbs, and Garantano at one point, right? Like, those, all those guys were four stars. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Salter and Bailey, which, you know, after watching Bailey play, I don't know how much talented I actually think he is. I know that might make some Tennessee fans mad, but I'm excited to see Salter, and I think Hooker can do some good things. So the quarterback position should be better. You know, it'd be hard to be worse, Mike. The, the quarterback room was terrible <laughs> last year. There was no talent in there. So, you know, that is a positive. And, you know, I don't think that this team is going to be awful next year. Like, I'm not going to say they're going to win eight games, but, like, this team shouldn't be awful. They should be competitive next year with a couple of tweaks. Like, if you get a competent coach in here, it's not like the cupboard's actually, like, completely bare. Simply because, like I said, and like you brought up, the quarterbacks, there's some, there's some hope there. Yeah, and the non-conference schedule looks really light as well. Yeah, just beat Pittsburgh, bro. That's it. Just beat Pittsburgh. All right, he's the host of Talk Sports on Fox Sports Knoxville, John Reed. Check out Reed's Ranch Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow him at John2 underscores Reed. Thanks for joining me, John. I really do appreciate you. Hey, Mike. No, I appreciate you. Scale of 1 to 10, how do you think I did? 10. I mean, I was I was ready to call you up okay. for this uh, Gerard Mayo stuff, but, man, this okay. that's why you're a good you know, host on Talk Sports, Fox Sports Knoxville, because... You got me to do a damn 180 on him. I'm, I'm fully Chadwell, but if they hired Gerard Mayo, I'm, I'm not going to be upset with it. Like I said, I don't think that Chadwell's a bad hire, so please don't take that away. Because like I said, I think him and Mayo are my two potential home runs. Now, don't get me wrong. They could come here and fail. Anyone, anyone can come here and fail unless Tennessee wants to hire 
you know, Bob Stoops or Urban Meyer, and that's not happening. So there's no slam dunk. So I want to swing for the fences, man. Like Chadwell could be a superstar here. So could Gerard Mayo. Like, let's not settle for a guy that's going to max out at eight wins. Let's go for somebody who might be here for 15 or 20 years and get this thing rolling. Let's swing for the fences. Jamie Chadlord, Gerard Mayo, lock it in, Mike. Let's roll. Let's do it, man. Sounds good to me. Thanks again for uh, joining me. And, uh, man, it, take care. You too, brother. All right, Shane. So, once again, I want to thank John Reed. You can follow him at John two underscores Reed on Twitter. Check out his podcast, Reed's Ranch Podcast. And, of course, the show, Talk Sports on Fox Sports Knoxville. But, uh, hey, I got to be honest, man. I was really interested to ask him why in the hell he was high on Gerard Mayo to be the coach. And he made me do a damn 180. I mean, this guy's not at the top of my board, but if Tennessee makes this higher, I'm kind of on board with it now. Yeah, no, he made some really good points there. And uh, you got to have a salesman, man. You really do. I I think with uh, kids these days – you got to have somebody they can relate to, and and I, you know, you, you think about some of these old gray hairs that we've had come through here coaching the SEC. You know, it, it wouldn't hurt to have some fresh blood. And you talk about somebody that would absolutely love the university. Well, it's Gerard Mayo, man. You know, so I I, I like the idea. Trust me. So uh, a lot of good points. I, I always like John Reed. It's funny because it seems like every time he takes his shirt off and does an interview, I get tagged in those videos too. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Is that Big Orange Falls? No, man. That's John Reed out there making a statement. So, <laughs> but yeah, and here's another way to look at it. Uh, you know, Gerard Mayo is kind of, he's almost like a mix in my mind of, uh, you get the, you know, the Deion Sanders type splash, but he's also on another level, kind of a mix of what we're seeing with Sam Pittman at Arkansas, Shane Beamer at South Carolina, you know, someone that the fans can really rally behind. And he'd, mm-hmm. he'd get the fan base going. He'd get alums more involved. And then, you know, the, the key there is kind of like what I mentioned with Dion. I know we haven't been talking much about him, but if you've been keeping up at all with what he's doing down there, I think he's at Jackson State, it's called. And, yeah. I mean, he's getting SEC players down there. And yeah. it's because they want to play for a guy that's been in the NFL and, and has been in their shoes and, and played at, at the not in the SEC level, but at the college level. And, and that's what Gerard Mayo is. I mean, he's a first-round pick, multiple mm-hmm. uh, Super Bowl champion, rookie of the year, all-pro player. I don't know. There's a lot to sell there. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't even thinking. I ain't going to lie, Mike. Going into this thing, I wasn't even thinking about Gerard. But – like you said, there there were a lot of good points, and and hell, John's a hell of a salesman too, you know. So he may suck <laughs> us in, and, and we'd be like, he might be the uh, <laughs> the manager for Mayo. Now that I'm thinking I, about it here, I know, man, he's got Hardy's wrapped around his finger, you know. So <laughs> I'm surprised he ain't going to McDonald's right now, missing that opportunity. But the the thing about uh, here's the deal, man. It, if you're like I said, you're, you're talking about impressionable young kids. And, and now you're, you're probably going to have some restrictions. You're probably going to have a whole bunch of just shit hanging over us. Mm-hmm. It probably wouldn't hurt to have somebody like this, you know, and probably going to get them cheap. Uh, I wouldn't imagine we're going to have to pay them a ton of money. But uh, the, the main thing that you're paying for here is connection. When you're in the NFL, when you're in that little that little group, that, that small that small alumni there, it, it's, it's, it, it's who you know. So who does he bring with him? You know, there may be some other – young impressionable coaches that that come out of this so um i i'm i'm eager man I, you talk about just a full change just something try something different uh to go from 
to to go from Lane Kiffin to uh, Derek Dooley, you know, that's been our track record. Let's don't do that, man. Let's do something different. Let's we we went the old school route. We went with the the old ball coach and, and what he wanted to, you know, he wanted to bring in Pruitt and, uh, you know, somebody that just knows X's and O's. Okay. We tried it, man. Didn't work. Backfired on us. So let's get somebody in here that used to be a team captain. That used to be a team leader for the university of Tennessee. And, um, I, I think good things can happen here, man. Mm-hmm. I'm sold brother. <laughs> I, close, I mean, I'm ready for anybody. <laughs> I mean, you, you can talk about Coach Steele long enough, and I'll be like, you know what, baby, that is the guy. You know, so, <laughs> that's why I don't go to car lock, man. I, I have a new car every time. So, all right, man, I'm terrible around salespeople. Hey, all right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, today's show, and I hope you, uh, the listeners, really appreciated, you know, these inter- interviews and and us Mike, feeling on about all this. Yes, sir. I I have to tell you, man. Yeah, you know, talk about just I just want a little little peek behind the curtains here, cousin Shane here. Um, as you know, I, I joined the gym. Mm-hmm. I joined the gym the other day, right? So this is uh, I'm not going to list who they who they are, you know, because I don't like them that much, but. Uh, this is the, the reason is I, I paid three year membership. I, I went maybe like twice, right? I was stuck in this contract. Say, hell, I'll never go there again. Guess what? Chain signs up for another three year contract. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting there and my, and my wife, I, I know because here again, I can't go to car lots. I can't go to gyms because they're going to sign me up, you know? So she convinced me that we're going to work out. We're going to get healthy as shit, you know? So she's like, come on, let's go down here. So I said, all right. So I went down there. And sure enough, man, I'm signing up the largest package they got. And I said, not the three years, though. I said, just give me the 12 months. So I'm in a new 12-month contract, Mike. And I knew while I was sitting there at that desk, this is going to be the last time I'm going to see these people. <laughs> <laughs> I was scheduled for one of them uh, fat scans today, man, and uh, go in there so they do the 3D thing. And uh, needless to say, I didn't make it. We went to Marco's Pizza <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you could you could probably convince me uh, about anybody head coaching right now. So don't don't take my opinions to art. Just uh, I, I love everybody. I love anybody who wants to get an opportunity to coach for the University of Tennessee. So, but anyway, man, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you there, but uh, yeah, I, just impressionable Shane there. Yes, sir. Well, that's going to do it for me and impressionable uh, Shane there. But uh, <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed. You know, a little. Different format this week, trying to get uh, some interviews going here. And and sorry that it was all Tennessee. You probably burned out on the balls out there. But mm-hmm. I'm going to try to expand this thing. And this is kind of the more of the format that I'm going to be shooting for during the offseason. Just with, with it being slow, I'm going to try to get more guests on the show, talk about all the teams around the SEC. But uh, I hope you guys appreciate you know the knowledge all our guests this week have, have brought to the show. Because I know I sure do. Absolutely, man. This is awesome. I really do like this. Um, I, I, I'd like to see more of this, like you said, bouncing around different universities and uh, so we can get the behind the scenes because it's always nice talking to somebody that's really got a good pulse on the universities. Yes, sir. Well, hey, that's going to do it. And if you made it this far, don't forget, leave us that five-star written review on the Apple Podcast app. We'll send you a beer koozie free of charge, supporting your team. And don't forget, we also got merchandise there on uh, the T Public. We got all kinds of merch there to support the podcast. That ha- that goes a long way as well. So that's gonna do it, Shane. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Catch you on the next one. All right.
See you guys. Go Vols.